Welcome to episode 229 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's Word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's very special episode, I want to give you three ideas of how to start this new year. Let's dive in. Well, I personally think this is a very exciting episode. One, it's because it has the number 29 in it, and today is December 29th. But I love December 29th. And again, I'm a little biased, and this is going to be a little cheeky. (laughs) But today is my birthday. And so I love the number 29 for a variety of reasons. But today being December 29th, and as we're getting ready to enter into a new year, I am just so excited for all Jesus has in store. So on this very special birthday edition of the Deeper Christian Podcast, I want to talk about kind of how can we begin and prepare for this next year. Now, it is interesting that this is that season where everyone is rushing around and, you know, kind of detoxing from our rush of the Christmas season, which truth be told, is rather sad. <laughs> that was almost like we have to detox from the greatest celebration, right? This The coming of our King. But as people are looking forward to this new year, people are, you know, making New Year's resolutions and they're setting these dreams. And it's interesting, as as most studies have shown, you know, most New Year's resolutions end by February. In fact, most people I know probably end by January 2nd. <laughs> but what I would like to encourage you is as we enter this new year, I want you to be intentional. And I want to give you three ideas and of just like how can we better prepare for this upcoming year year. So number one is this idea of remember. We need to remember that life is actually short. Now I know that's not actually a great maybe way to ponder at the beginning of a new year, but we are not promised a long life. We're actually told all throughout scripture that our lives are actually short. In light of eternity, our lives, whether God gives us 20 years or 40 years or 80 years or 120 years, Even that is but a drop in the bucket of all of eternity. So let me give you a few verses. And I I don't want to make this sound morbid, but I want this to be real. We are to remember that life is short. And I think if we remember life is short, it actually sets us up for even a better year. And I'll explain that in just a moment. But let me give you a few verses. James 4, verse 13 and 14 says this. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Psalm 89 verse 47 says, remember how short my time is. Or Job 7, 7 says, oh, remember that my life is a breath. It's interesting that in Ecclesiastes 6.12, it talks about this idea that life is but a shadow that only temporarily appears. And then Job 14 verse 2 says that life is kind of like a flower that flourishes, but then quickly withers and fades. See, the idea is like Psalm 144 verse 4, where the psalmist says, man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Or Jesus in Matthew 6, 27 says, and which of you by being anxious or fretting, fearful or worrying can add a single hour 
to his span of life. And that span is talking about the width of a man's hand. It's about four inches. In other words, your life is about four inches. So by worrying about anything in your life, how are you going to add to that span? I love what Psalm 90 says in verse 9 and 10 and then verse 12. The psalmist says, for all our days end like a sigh. In other words, <laughs> it's kind of kind of a sad thought. But if you look at all of our days, it's like a, <sighs> in other words, that's, that's the extent of it. He goes on and says, the years of our life are soon gone. So, he says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And years ago, and, and many of you have heard me say this, years ago, I was like, okay, it says that we are to number our days. That's intriguing to me. And so I get, grabbed one of those apps that kind of count down, you know, to certain dates. It's like you can set your, you know, a vacation or a birthday in, in advance. It tells you, hey, there's, you know, 200 more days left. Well, I went in and I put my birth date in it. And so as of today, so today I'm turning 39 years old. So in days, that's 14,245 days. So now I'm not, I'm presuming, <laughs> I'm presuming this almost is not actually telling us to literally count the numbers of our days. And if he did, okay, I'm 14,245 days old. But it seems like the reason he's saying to number our days so that we gain a heart of wisdom, it's a reminder to say we don't actually have a lot of time. And when I realize that my life is going to be short, again, whether that's 20 or 80 or 120 years, however long God gives us, life is but a vapor. Life is short. And when I realize that life is short, it forces me to reconcile that every moment counts. What would happen if I came into this next year realizing that life is short, that tomorrow is not promised? Therefore, I should take advantage of this day, that this day I, I should be intentional. This day, I shouldn't just waste my day in frivolous living. Rather, I am, as Paul says in Ephesians 5.16, I am to redeem the time. The idea is to buy it up, that I am to make use of the time that God has given me. What would it look like as you come into this next year if you were intentional about the days that God gives you, that every day becomes precious? So can I encourage you, number one, to remember, remember that your life is short and therefore every day that God gives you in this next year is a tremendous blessing. So let's not waste a single one of those. So number one is remember. Number two, this second idea of how to start this new year well, if I can encourage you, is to, number two, repent. See, so many of us have spent this last year bickering and complaining and just living just with this blah kind of a life. A lot of us have indulged in, in you know, sinful addictions and, and behaviors and thought processes. Could I encourage you to almost do a review of your last year? What was the good? What was the bad? What was the ugly? But in light of all of that, is there anything that you've allowed in your life to remain that needs to be repented of or transformed? Are you still addicted to certain things? Is there, are there still sinful behaviors that need to be transformed? Is there still thought processes that need to be, to be cleansed and changed? Is there, start, is there still propensities of selfishness or pride or anger or, or sexual deviancy in your life that, that needs to be transformed? 
If so, would you find yourself at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, I want to be a brand new creature, a creation because of Christ Jesus, that in Christ I am more than a conqueror and I do not have to be the play toy of the enemy or of sin any longer, that I can walk in freedom of triumph and victory. That Lord, as you say in Romans 8, 29, that you want to conform me to the image of Christ. So Lord, do whatever is necessary in my life, in my mind, in my behavior, in my language to conform me to look like Jesus. Now, if you want a great resource that might encourage or help you walk through this process, I was just kind of going back through this last year or even this last week and looking for some of these areas that we need to repent and give to the Lord. I would encourage you to go to the show notes for this particular episode by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash 229 for episode 229. And there's a link there where you can download a PDF of the Holy Club of Oxford questions. Back in the late 1700s, there was a group of guys, for example, George Whitfield and John and Charles Wesley and some others, who would gather together every week and they call themselves the Holy Club of Oxford, Oxford in Oxford, England. And what they would do is they would ask themselves a series of questions, usually every single day, to say, okay, Lord, search and try my heart and see if there's any wicked way within me. And I found that walking through those questions that they would ask themselves is a great reminder or a great opportunity for the Holy Spirit to press and convict our own lives. Well, I've taken all those questions and kind of made it into a simple PDF download. And if you're interested in reading those questions that they asked for the Holy Spirit to come and bring conviction in their lives, well, again, I would encourage you to go to the show notes where you can download your own version of that PDF. Regardless, could I encourage you to take some time in these next couple of days before the new year, and will you just let the Holy Spirit search and try you? Would you let him go through your mind, your heart, your motives, your attitude, your language? And is there anything that still needs to be repented of? Is there anything that needs to be given over to Jesus? And if so, make it right before we come in to this new year. That doesn't mean this next this new year is going to be perfect, but he has given you all things that you need for life and for godliness. You can live this next year absolutely correct by his enablement, by his resource, by his power. But let's start this year in an attitude of repentance, confession, and surrender. So number one is remember. Number two is repent. And number three, a third way to just start this new year well is what I'm going to call refocus. So we have remember, repent, and refocus. So many of us start a new year with a whole focus on ourselves. But what if we would remember that our lives are not our own? We were bought with a price. And as such, we should be turning our gaze heavenward. There's these great statements. For example, if you haven't found something worth dying for, you haven't found something worth living for. Or I love this one. Live as if life is short and eternity is long. If we lived with this understanding that life is short, as we've already talked about, and eternity is long, well, we would make different kind of decisions. Or I love this idea of, are we living in light of eternity? It was Jonathan Edwards who said, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. And Linda Ravenhill quoting Jonathan Edwards, he often quoted that statement, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. 
But Ravenhill took that further and he says, oh God, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. You know, if God should stamp eternity or even judgment on our eyeballs, or if you'd like on the fleshly tablets of our hearts, I'm quite convinced we'd be a very, very different tribe of people, God's people in the world today. And I think that's true. If we lived with eternity in view, if we lived not just for the momentary pleasure, if we didn't live focused on ourselves and and the success of our next year and what we're going to do this next year, if we lived this next year in light of eternity, well, I think not only would it be a great year, regardless of what happens, but we'd have the best focus of all time. And because our focus is on Jesus and eternity, it would produce tremendous joy in our lives. There's an old quote by, and we don't know who the author is, it's an anonymous quote, but there's this old quote that says this, when you're safe on eternity's shore, will you wish you could live your life or, or over? When he asks for the fruit of your labors, will you offer him idle hands? So could I encourage you as we come into this next year, would you remember that your life is short? Would you start this new year in an attitude of repentance and confession and surrender? And would you allow this next year, every moment of this next year to be a refocused gazing upon the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that you would allow God to stamp eternity upon your eyeballs and that you would live in light of that reality. The Scottish minister Thomas Calmers from the late 1700s said it this way, Oh, to fully realize the littleness of time and the greatness of eternity. I think if we would start this new year with that idea, with that reality, I think would be the I think it would be the best way we could start any year. So will you remember, would you repent and would you refocus as we come into this next year? I am so expectant and excited for what God has in store. I am I am beyond excited. And yes, it may look like the days are getting dark. But when days get dark, it just means that the light shines brighter. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 229 for episode 229. And if you'd like to give me a birthday blessing, could I ask you to leave a rating and review on whatever system you listen to this podcast on? When you leave a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen on, it's a signal that you like not only like this podcast, but that other people should be listening to it. So Apple and Spotify and other systems use the rating and review as kind of their signal of whether or not they should promote a particular podcast. So if I could just kindly ask you to leave a rating and review, it would be a huge blessing for me. Well, again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And until next time, know I'm cheering you on and I'm praying for you as you build your life around Jesus Christ.